<sighs> Happy Mother's Day to all. What a beautiful day. I'm so glad we're all getting together. So, it is Mother's Day. So what, what is the family planning for you today? They're going to take you out to the dining room? <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> take you out to brunch at the uh, back patio? I understand the kitchen is making some amazing meals now, so maybe they'll take you to the kitchen. I don't know. Wherever you are, I know it'll be wonderful. So the theme for this month is listen to your heart, and today's talk is listen to your mom. Listen to your mom. And you know what's really interesting is I have, um, I've, I've been listening to my mom, you know, forever and always. But, but I was remembering some of the things that my mom said when I was young and growing up and how it really all applies right now to the COVID-19 situation that we're all walking through. You know, it's just so appropriate. All those things your mother told you all those years ago are just coming back right now, right? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. I know, always, right? Your mom was always telling you to wash your hands. Cover your mouth, you know, like this. Not this, but this. Cover your mouth. Um, oh, use a tissue for God's sakes, not your sleeve. Right? You're always, you just had to do that. Um, stay a respectful distance. Don't be all up in people's faces. I remember my mother saying that, right? Use your, use your words, not your hands. Use your words, not your hands. And then there was always the old, don't touch that. You don't know where it's been. <laughs> you know, so, see, your mom was right all those years ago. All of those things that she said, they are so appropriate right now. She was just way, way ahead of her time. And I'm sure that your mom said a lot of the same things. But I remember my mom saying that growing up, you know. And the other thing I wonder about is I wonder about how many of those momisms are regional. You know, I grew up in New York City, so all of my friends were jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge or the Empire State Building, right? And the question was, if all your friends jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you go too? So it made me wonder, if you grew up in different places in the country, like, were your friends jumping off other things? <laughs> like, what did your mother use as, um, you know, a, a regional or a landmark? in your areas. Let me know in the dialogue box, because I really am interested, you know. If you grew up in the West, did your mom say your friends were jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge? You know, maybe. Or, or were your friends going to jump off the St. Louis Arch if you grew up in the Midwest, you know, and, and if all your friends did, would you join them? I'd really, I'd really like to know. I'm interested, because all of my references were all the Empire State Building, or the Brooklyn Bridge, or the Manhattan Bridge, or one of those. But it was always one of those, those universals, right, that the moms always gave you, like the hand washing and, and all the social distancing and all of that stuff that she talked about from a long time ago that we're practicing right now. Say, so mom was right all this time. But that was your bio mom, right? That's your personal mom. And moms came in all different types, right? Some, of, some moms were just the light of our lives. And some moms were very difficult to deal with. And, well, some moms were absent. You know, we, we all had a different experience of those personal moms. Moms were just like everybody else. They had their own strengths and weaknesses, their own struggles, their own fears, just like everybody else, right? And our job is to do our forgiveness work. We just, regardless of the physical parents we had, whatever their strengths and weaknesses, their fears, the false beliefs that perhaps they imposed upon us, 
you know, and outpictured um, limiting beliefs. We get to examine now as adults what serves us. And if not that belief, then what do we want to replace it with? Ernest Holmes on this thing called life said this. He said, isn't it true that before we can even feel a greater love, we must first feel loved by a universal father and mother of all life? We could not even think unless there were first a universal thinker. Nor could we live unless there were behind us a universal life. Nor could we know beauty and warmth of mother love unless there were behind the scene of the human event, the universal father-mother God that imparts its own nature into all of its offspring. So that's where we're going with this talk, is we're going back to the truth of our being, right? Beyond just our bio mom, we're going back to understand that we are the offspring of the beloved, and that the divine spirit is one, and it is within all of us. And, and so we have to accept and recognize and accept and honor and acknowledge the truth of our own lineage, that there is within us this divine energy. We are born of spirit. That is the truth of us. So, so really, this talk is more about the divine mother than the bio mom. It's much bigger a story, right, than our bio mom. Our bio mom may have struggled, you know, with substance abuse or mental health issues or her own insecurities, her own fears and false beliefs or, or her, her limited uh, parenting tools that maybe were at her disposal when she grew up, you know? And, and so we inherit those, those false ideas about ourselves, but then we get the opportunity to heal those with our own spiritual practice. And then when we come to the Divine Mother, we come knowing she speaks only truth. She speaks only truth. The Divine Mother is that feminine aspect of spirit, which is the highest sense of self within us, just as the Divine Father, the Divine Masculine within us, is the highest sense of self within us also. The Divine Mother speaks to us of unconditional love, love because we exist, not love we had to earn. So we look to the Divine Feminine to understand. You know, its wisdom is intuitive. Its wisdom is going within. It is that circular energy. It is the wisdom in relation to. You know, it's more of a spiral. It is the understanding at deeper and deeper levels. Whereas the, the masculine archetypal energy is one of attainment. It is linear in nature. It is the energy of accomplishment. And we need the balance of both. And we have within us both the masculine and the feminine energies. And the divine feminine is really the energy of being. It is the energy of being rather than doing. Ernest Holmes in the practical application <clears throat> of Science of Mind said this. He said, there is an irresistible, universal, and divine urge within us to be happy, to be whole, to express the fullness of life, 
the latent divinity within us stirs our imagination and because of its insistent demand, impels and compels our growth. It is back of every invention. It proclaims itself through every creative endeavor. It has produced saints and sages and saviors and will, when permitted, create a new world. And so what a great way that is to connect with the energy of the Divine Mother is to reconnect with the energy of our own heart. And that's really what we're doing, the feelingness of being alive. That is, that's way different than the, than the thinking, than the mental pursuit. It's just the feelingness of being alive. Listening to your mom, that energy in relation to, is really listening to your heart. And, and listening to your heart requires quiet. <laughs> it requires silence. It is only really in the silence that the heart speaks. In the wide open expanse of meditation, the heart whispers. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Krishnamurti said intuition is the whisper of the soul. And that's really what we're talking about. You know, too many of us are living lives of low-grade fear. Right? Low-grade fear all the time. Fear of strangers, fear of terrorism, fear of killer viruses, and fear of murder hornets, and fear of whatever else that's going on out there right now. We have little capacity to hear that still small voice of intuition that never steers us wrong because we're so preoccupied with all the fear. And you know, when the fear is making decisions for us. That is the ego driving us. The ego is driving the coach <laughs> and has elbowed intuition into the back seat. And when that happens, we, we miss out on hearing what that intuition is trying to tell us. Albert Einstein said this. He said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And we need to get back to that. We need to understand that listening to our heart, listening to our intuition is the greatest gift that we can give ourselves. Fear keeps us on the edge, right? Fear keeps us on the edge all the time, alert for danger. Intuition is calm, that inner knowing that reassures us that everything is fine. Everything ultimately is fine. Fear has an urgency to it. Make a decision, either or, right now. You have to do something. Intuition knows it has all the time it needs. It trusts. It's peaceful. It's non-dualistic. And that's really important to understand. It's not an either or choice. Because what we know is that there are limitless opportunities. There are limitless choices. Our intuition offers guidance, not decisions. And so this is, this is the, the voice of the Divine Mother. This is the voice, listening to our heart. It offers compassion. It offers support, guidance, right? Guidance through the, through the intuitive mind and always in unconditional love. I wanted to read this um, 
little booklet Ernest Holmes had written. They produced these years ago called the Holmes Readers. And this one is on practical wisdom. And it says, <laughs> I'm going to read it uh, off of my print because this is way too little for me to read. <laughs> anyway, this is about compassion is love indeed. And Ernest Holmes said this. He said, humanity and divinity will be identical when we recognize divinity in humanity. We must learn to see through the apparent, to judge not according to appearances, to realize at the center of everyone's soul, God is enthroned. Compassion and caring are the ties that bind us together in mutual understanding and in the unified attempt to uncover the divinity in each other. Compassion is the most gentle of all human virtues, for it is the outpouring of the divine givingness through all. When the members of a community love each other, that community is solid, prosperous, and happy. Nations are bound together by common interests and common affections. When the whole world realizes this truth, it will unite in thought and action. Love alone can solve the world's problems and bring about the day of universal peace. Then he goes on to say, you and I have certain people upon whom we lavish a great deal of affection. It is both natural and desirable. But would we like these few any less if we increased our love to include all of humanity? Too often we're afraid of letting go of the little good we think we hold in our hand, lest we lose it, not realizing that only as we release this good can we expect it to increase? Suppose we make a daily habit of feeling that we like people and they like us. We belong to them and they belong to us. Let's then meditate on this thought. My desire is that everyone I meet will feel the warmth and color of my affection. My purpose is the feeling of goodwill that passes from me to another. Today I embrace the world in this affection and desire so that good shall come to everyone. That is the divine feminine speaking to us. I know Ernest Holmes wrote it, and he wrote it with the divine feminine in mind. That is our divine mother speaking to us, speaking to us of a love that is unconditional, that is eternal, and that never, ever ends. We, we can't stop it. We can't alienate it. We can't, you know, um, get rid of it. It is simply the unconditional love the Creator has for its creations, and we are that. So listen to your heart. Listen to your mom, <laughs> the mom within, and have a wonderful, happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much.